0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
3: Before we get to you, Kempe, it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Our can't wait question of the day. Give us a text, double eight, double three, or even better, give us a call. Kimpy. myself, I'd love to hear, hear from you on the Kenatai phone line, 0800-150-811. But the can't wait question of the day, Kimpy: should the Warriors stop going offshore for talent both on the playing field and coaching side of things? Should the Warriors stay home in our own backyard and look for talent? And stop going offshore. Thoughts?
0: Oh, one hundred percent. I think that has to be the aspiration, doesn't it? You know, like the horizon that the Warriors look at in the future. Um, Izzy, I don't, I don't know about you, mate. I woke up at four o'clock this morning, and uh, my phone just started beeping about this. Rhys Walsh having signed for the Broncos. Andrew Webster. Um, the Penrith second grade coach having signed as coach been here before in 2015 if you remember as an assistant to, to Andrew yeah. McFadden, so he's no stranger to the Warriors but is he any better than what we have already that's the question that you're asking and why do we continually leave uh, losing players um, who have signed for the club whether they're juniors or not because there's also mm. talk that Chancellor Klockstad's coming back when he was re- he shouldn't have been released in the first place because he's such a, such a good talent. So my answer to your question, which is a great one today, and love to hear from everybody um, what you're thinking, is they need to become a development club and start mm-hmm. to develop within, so that you've got the players that are, that can build the club from New Zealand as well as coaches that can coach our kids growing up, but also have a have a pathway through into where Stacey Jones sits at the moment. That just isn't occurring. That's the problem. Mm.
3: You, you you're on the money, mate. Because for me, and we're gonna chat to Rebecca Russell after seven, and she'll be a perfect uh, person to be able to chat to about the pathways and you know the ideas that the ARL are, are looking for to maybe potentially to retain the pathways. What does that look like to you know give these young players? But for me, mate, like at the moment, we're going offshore and we're bringing these players here. And I remember mean, when I went overseas, you know, when I went overseas, uh, it, it's not home. It's not home So obviously these players are Kiwis But their homes are in Australia And that's their home So this, when they come to Auckland When they come to New Zealand This doesn't feel like home for them And we need to pick tip for players from New Zealand So when they are playing in Auckland When they're playing around the country And they're representing the Warriors It feels like home Because right now it doesn't And that, you know, Reece Walsh That's, you know, Cameron George has come out plenty Plenty and said that Reese Walsh is going to be the Warriors next year now, if, if the, the articles are right, and they've gone out and, and signed Chan's nickel clocks dead, is that just a, a, a way just to cover the blows that's going to come from this? Because he's come out and he's, he's said it constantly. Well, it's that, spin. That res- mm.
0: You know, it's you know? spin. It's, that's, that's what it is. And, and it's trying to pull the wool over, over people's eyes that are a lot smarter in the public domain, I think you know, I've talked about that a number of times. Like our listeners, for instance, mm. come up with some really good um, comment and and opinion in and around lots of things, whether it be the Warriors, the All Blacks, the netball, whatever. But and I think what I'm trying to say is you need to respect the 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 the, the brand, which is the fan, and and stop the spin. Like if mm. he's going, he's going, and tell everyone he's going. Like. You whip de do, you know what I mean? At least be upfront about it and then start to build. But, you know, there's such this, I, I, I think, this um, inability to, to understand the media from within organisations such as, I'm not just talking about the Warriors, I think a lot of sporting organisations are yeah. struggling with it, um, that they think that they have to tell porkies to, to, to keep the, the media train in, in line. And it actually, actually looks like the media is a lot smarter than them. That's you know that's that's what happens because you ask questions they say blatant to your face no and then the next minute it happens and that's the problem it's just purely spin so yes. I think what you you've hit the nail on the head around development in New Zealand like we <coughs> we will continue to lose players but my question is who else is going to go mm. yeah you know, these you know you tell me once it's okay but you tell me twice three times then the coincidence is gone and it's actually reality and yep. at the moment we've lost Ewan Aiken Matt Lodge. And and Reece Walsh, who else is going? That's that's the question. And you're right about the uh, the home. Is he? If you remember last week, one of the players said, "I walked into the change rooms and I've heard all about it, and it was mm. great seeing the history on the wall." Like, that's not coming home. Mm. You know, what yeah. I mean, coming home is man. I just couldn't wait to get into my locker. Yeah. And 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 run my toes through the ground, you know, on the grass, and and you know, go down and. Get a hamburger or whatever. I'm home, mm. so mate. This it is an issue. The DNA needs to be seriously reset, and that big part of that DNA is development and recruitment. I'll, and, I'll and talk big, about it again. Recruitment is the issue.
3: Yeah, stay, stay, stay tuned for off the back fence with Ken Pete, because no doubt he'll be uh, bringing something passionate as always. Give us a text on double eight, double three. Can't wait question, should the Warriors stop going offshore for talent, both on the playing field and coaching side of things? We've got Richie on the Kennard's higher phone line, he's given us a call,
0: 0800-150-811. Morning Richie. Morning Mids, how are we today? Morning Richie. Very good mate.
4: Thoughts, what do you reckon? <clears throat> mate, I think I think we need to, we we have to stop looking offshore, off but I think we've also got to start looking over in the islands, mate, there's... Yeah, that a lot of those island families or ha- islanders will have families over over here, and uh, if we can bring if we can bring them back and hey, give them a good education and and start giving them a way to move up within the league, I think we're going to be good. The other, other other thing I wanted to say is if if we're going to start looking at bringing Aussie players over and and they want to leave, there needs to be a clause in the contract saying hey, if you're going to leave halfway through a season, you don't play for the rest of the season, and that, that's it, and i, I th- you know like if 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 it is all true that Reece Walsh is going it and that you know he, he said that he's not leaving there has to be a culture problem and mm. and you know when you guys spoke to Ken Smith about the homecoming and and all that yep he he looked you know he sounded that he was uh, he was tired and he was over it, but there, there has to be there's something going on inside that club, the culture um and it has to change and you know, I think, you know, as, as much as I hate to say it, I think we do need a new CEO who can stand up to um, Robson.
0: Yeah, well, that's the, that's the question is, like, who comes under pressure, eh, Richie? You know, that's a really good um, an analogy of what's going on. And, and the other part about that, too, what do you what do you think about the NRL, actually, who who the Warriors are saying, like, support the Warriors in the homecoming? What about asking the, the NRL to support the contracts and say, well, <laughs> It's okay coming home, but we need players. I want you to actually stop this, this interchanging of contracts when they are already signed, and so you have to play your time out with the Warriors. What do you think of that? Oh,
4: I totally agree. I think, and I, and I don't think it's just the Warriors who struggle with that. You know, look how many. I think this is the worst season for mid mid year um, immediate releases to go and play for other clubs, and it, there has, it has to stop. You know, and and mm-hmm. you shouldn't be allowed to recruit until three weeks after the grand final um and, and start talking to other players. So I I, th- I think that the NRL needs a big it needs a big makeover. Um you know, you don't you don't see this happening in the, the super rugby and that. Um and and if people players do swap in Super Rugby it's not the end of the year. I think the NRL needs to look at how super rugby are running and and that with their contracts and it's, yeah. I I you know I don't I don't think Reese Walsh is gonna be the last one to leave this year. but well, um yeah, unfortunately, I think, I think we need to hear about maybe two
3: more, maybe three more. No, Richie, I think you're right on the money. That'll probably be the only thing that the NRL follow the Super Rugby in is obviously no mid-year trading because we've, we've they've talk, spoken about it all year. It's not a good look when people are looking for contracts elsewhere. They're trying to win a premiership, and you know your mate's trying to go somewhere else for, for bigger money, mate. We appreciate your call on the Ken High phone line. Uh, Richie, thank you very much. Have a, have a lovely day. We might hear from you a bit later on in the show. We're going to go to Richard from Te Awa Mutu about the Warriors. Morning, Richard. All oh, right, hang on, boys. I think I'm losing you. Hey, are you there, Rich? Are you there? Yep, yeah, yep. We're
2: here, Richard. How are you, bud? Yeah, sorry, mate. I'm just moving down the road. I lost you in a bit there.
3: No, no worries, no worries. Thanks for calling us, mate. We appreciate it. Uh, the Warriors. What are your thoughts on yeah, what's mate. unfolding as of late?
2: Look. First, I'll start with the positive. How good was the game the other day? Oh, like, I went to the game yeah. and it was
3: amazing.
2: Mm. Like, best game ever, too. So, yeah, look, um, how about we, um, I'm thinking about Reese Walsh, and you're right, uh, Kempy, with the contract thing. Maybe we, um, I think the NRL should introduce a contract
0: or an interchange window that might help the solution. Mm. Yeah, Richie, look, I think the NRL and Peter Villandes really needs to revisit the contract. Um, and the, the negotiation of contracts and, and how that happens I actually think they should introduce a draft that's, that's yeah. my my belief I think they should yeah. introduce a draft underneath it and and also mid-season so if you've got players you know, you know we're, we're talking mid-season right now in the middle of origin and they're talking about Reese Walsh leaving and Nicol Col- Colsey coming here Like have a window where players can actually step up and you can trade players between clubs what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, 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 make it like the NFL, because like, it, it adds a bit of theatre to it, so then when you have like down periods, like by weekend, there's four games, you have this interchange window in the middle of the year, and it's some, some content for people to look at. Um, but okay. in regards to the main question for Kiwis, like, yeah, I do think we need to look at a bit of Kiwis. Our best teams are full of Kiwis and development players that have come through, but I think part of the development pathways needs to be our coaches as well. Like, We need to grow Kiwi coaches and grow them up through those grades, through SG Ball, um, into Queensland Cup, into NRL, because we're just trying to pluck coaches and throw them into the NRL. Like we've had um, young players like Pompey and Rocco Berry who haven't had any time in their Kiwi players, but they've been thrown
0: to the wolves by starting in the NRL. Like, so it's hard. They really need some time to develop. Yeah, great. Uh, look, that's you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head, Richie. Okay, what happens? The this is what happens. While we've got such a good um, Kiwi team at the moment. And I think Benji Marshall's running off the back of my comments here at SENZ when he says it's probably the best Kiwi team we've picked ever. Uh, he's he's on the money, and the reason that is is because a lot of those players have come out of other clubs and they've been coached right. Okay, so if you have a look at this, this team, there was no there were no Warriors players in there except um, Dallin, who was carried as 18th man. So every other player had come out of, the, out, of the, out of the NRL and out of another system and structure, and that's also about coaching, and we don't have those coaches here. What that says about New Zealand is that we don't have the coaches, we don't have the development mm. tools here as they do in Australia, and that's what I was trying to ask Andrew Abdo on the weekend. What are you doing for New Zealand to have that same structure? Yeah, mate, right. that's
3: that's right on the money. We appreciate your call, Richard, from Te Mutu, mate, and uh, well done going for the game on Sunday and and bringing the passion. Like, in all honesty, it's great to have the Warriors home, but he, he's, he nailed the, the comments there, Kempy. and I was going to talk to you about that before, about, yes, it's all, all great things. We can bring a coach in from New Zealand, but it's like everything. We don't want to, you know, set them up to fail. You know, Stace is taking over at the, the helm right now, and uh, we know how important he is, but is there any other coaches down beneath the grades in the pathways that's, that's ready to take over the job?
0: Well, you know, you, you you make a really good point, Izzy, and, and the answer, there isn't a lot, but mm. there are good coaches underneath the structure. You know what I mean? And – one of the things that you get into when you get into the NRL is you put your blinkers on, you become an expert. So your CEO becomes an expert, your owner becomes an expert, your coaching staff, they filter that conversation through to your owner and CEO and say that there's no one else underneath. Well, mate, I can name half a dozen off the top of my head. I'm one of them. So is Blue, Blue McLennan. So is Frank Endicott. So is Graham Lowe. So is Mark Graham. And then you've got Stephen Kearney, David Kidwell. Mate, Okay, there's there's seven there's seven just named off the top of my head. With even talking about Richie Blackmore, to, yeah. who's doing that at the moment, and then it goes on and on and on. The problem that you have is that they're just never given a chance because they mm. don't fit the the blinkered look. The and we've got mm. to stop that, and we've got to start promoting within. We've got to promote our own people. We've got to stop thinking Australians are best. The green and gold, that's gone. If you mm. didn't listen to Full Gold this week, and come out and say you got rocks in your head if you think that the Kiwis aren't aren't going to be Close to winning the World Cup, mate. We've got the best players, and we've and the reason that that we get there is because they come out of systems that are being coached really well. We just have to start that. We have to get a system right.
3: Mm, beautiful, beautiful, Kempi. I'll, I'll ask you a couple of questions about. Obviously, those. Uh, names you just rattled off, but mate, are they keen? Is anyone out there keen and, and keen to take that? Hold halt hold that thought. I know you're about to fire through and have a wee crack. We've got to go away. I'll read a couple of texts and we'll come back and you can rip in. All right, Kempi. Good morning, boys. The problem is you need the club to be something their players want to aspire to, like the AB. So it needs to start at the top, encourage the young boys to want to stay. And that is from Dave Crack. And we've had many calls talking about the environment it needs to be. Enticing and professional, and, and encourage these players to perform at the highest level. Great start to the show. Keep it coming through on the timber bid post text machine. Double eight, double three, or even better, give us a call. In time. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to the Kimbus Warehouse. Great
0: savings every day. Yep, with the return of the NRL to our shores, there's been renewed interest in the pathways and offer for all of our young Kiwis. Recently appointed Auckland Rugby League CEO Rebecca Russell joins the ARL hoping to grow and foster the game within the Auckland region and regain its identity as a leader within the sport. Rebecca is on the line now. the Bex.
1: Morena, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm really good. How's the new job going?
1: <laughs> oh, uh, loving it. Um, it's it's going great. Look, I started, uh, I think, two weeks before the season was due to start, so I've absolutely just come in and it is just full on, but um, <laughs> but look, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, we're heading already into the final round of our Fox Memorial Premiership this weekend, so... Um, we're getting into the you know the really crunchy time of the season,
0: which is which is pretty cool. Hey, Bex, what's been your biggest challenge since you've taken over that seat?
1: I think the biggest challenge is probably the complexity of stakeholders. You know I'm really conscious that for Auckland Rugby League to grow, um you know we have a really key role in how we grow rugby league across New Zealand. And there are just so many stakeholders that you need to kind of connect with and, and bring along for the ride. And I think that that's probably the complexity of that, but also knowing that we can't do this alone, um, you know, it, we just have to be a lot more thoughtful about how we approach it.
3: Well, Rebecca, we've got so much talent in the country and we know that for a fact, but unearthing them has been our biggest challenge. The Pathways has been at the forefront of particularly our show's conversations every week. What what is yep. the ARL and, and, and your your crew doing to ensure that we give these younger kids uh, an opportunity so we can retain them in New Zealand and see them potentially playing for ARL or, or the Warriors?
1: Yeah, I think this is such a topical conversation, and this is absolutely mm-hmm. what we are leaning into at, at ARL as well. Um, we know that we need to do a lot of work to strengthen our pathways and to really can make that connection in with um, you know with with elite. Um, I think, you know, we're sort of doing a number of things. I think there's a lot that we need to do in kind of our backyard. But I I know as well that um, in our discussions with NRL, they are absolutely committed to helping support that. They are just as committed to making sure that we do retain our talent here in New Zealand and that it's not moving to Australia too soon. Um, You know, even with some of the NRL clubs that we've met with over the last couple of weeks, um, they are right behind this, and yeah. I think again, it's just about how we join those dots up, how we make sure that we're actually leading the conversation as opposed to kind of being led, led ourselves.
3: A lot of these things take a lot of uh, a big budget and a lot of funding involved. Has the ARL, have they got a lot of backing from some so, uh, financial um, industry, you know, companies that will, will, will back it?
1: Uh, look, that is something as well that um, you know, I'm oh. kind of lifting up every, every rock. Um, we yeah. absolutely do need investment. Um, I do think we do ha- we have a, a good sort of solid foundation of resource. Um, and again, if we can use these strategic partnerships in a you know really with with purpose and in a really um, thoughtful way, I think we can. Um, I think there's a lot that we can do together. And then there's probably you know a lot that we'll need to do um, you know seeking financial support.
0: Hey, Rebecca, you, you retain 54% of the playing um, participation within the Auckland region. Uh, how, do you, how do you get that message out to the public under, under the uh, current structure, which has the zones who have the voice at mm. the table and the Auckland Rugby League has no say in the national game?
1: yeah and look i think it's um you know it's well known i think from an auckland rugby league perspective that the zone structure hasn't worked for us um and i think that we've been you know it, you know definitely before my time that's been you know a really hot topic of conversation i do think we've kind of found a, an easy kind of middle ground i think i don't think we've necessarily got constraints i think um we've got a good relationship with mzrl they're absolutely listening um and I think, you know, I think my role, a big part of my role is really connecting up NZRL, the Warriors, um, and NRL and making sure that we're really aligned.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's dead right, especially if you're owning more than half half of the game in the country. Exactly right. You know, yeah. Um and, and that leads to my next question. Can you build pathways in Auckland that rival New South Wales and Queensland Cups?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um man. Look, I, I mean, I think we can, of course, um, but we're gonna we, we're gonna need help, and um, you know, we're not gonna be able to do it overnight. Um, but you know, I think it's it's definitely possible. Um, you know, if you think it's the our size, um, I think we've got the scale to do it. Um, we just probably need a, a little bit more capability.
3: Uh, what are some of the ideas that are gonna be um, touted for the ARL to to go forward? Like some competitions um, that. that... Potential for these young kids, under-18s, uh, some national yep. comps. Uh, are those some of the ideas that you're going to be uh, throwing out there and putting on the on the field?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we, we are doing a review of our programs at the moment, um, and all of those things are on the table. From my perspective, it's absolutely about how we can make rugby league much more accessible, much more inclusive, um, and, you know, really how we can, uh, re- you know, really create those, those strong pathways. Um, I also think that, um, you know, there is definitely desire from the NRL clubs that we've engaged with so far. They have all asked, you know, this, in this post-COVID world, they've all asked to get back to rep team touring. And, um, you know, again, all of those kind of things are going to really help to strengthen, um, strengthen our game.
3: How much emphasis are we are we putting on uh, the coaching group as well uh, at the moment? Because I know we've got the talent playing-wise, but I, I feel like at the mm. moment the next crop of, of professional or world-class coaches are probably not like that. Mm. Are you putting a lot of emphasis on the, the coaching group? Yeah, that's
1: absolutely another you know area that's top of the list for us.
0: Mm. Um,
1: we had Brett Kamorley over. Um, obviously, he was over for the Warriors game. He did a coaching clinic with some of our women's coaches and region of origin coaches on Saturday afternoon, and um, which was you know, really great that he gave up his time um, to do that with us. Um, but also, you know, we've we've heard the message loud and clear, uh, particularly from NRL, that um, you know we can't just rely on you know the physical nature of the game and the size of our players. We actually have to lean much more into developing skills our players need to be able to, you know, pass and tackle. They need to be able to wrestle. They need to be able to do all of those things that are going to, um, you know, more than just the physical size. So we've, I think we've had a little bit of a wake-up call in that space. Um, and, again, we just, you know, pathways and coaching are probably two of the big focus areas mm. for us. A
0: little, a little bit of a wake-up call. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying <laughs> yeah. it till the cows come home. Um, hey, be- hey, be- hey, Bex! The Warriors came home last week, and what a wonderful, what a wonderful day for rugby league in New Zealand. A sold out crowd. What does that mean for Auckland?
1: Ah, oh, amazing! I mean, I was there at the game. People were emotional. Um, it was just a, an electrifying moment. Um, we have absolutely seen a resurgence in interest in in playing league and just you know engaging with league. Um, I think this is huge, and you know, um, you know, we just need to get behind the warriors. We need to just leverage um, all of this, you know, this um, excitement and this you know, frenzy that's kind of been created as a result of that. Um, and yeah, absolutely, just support, you know, support the warriors for the rest of the season.
0: Hey, Bex, just one last question before I let you go. What would it mean to have your identity back? You know, being able to tour in the blue and white and and call yourself the Auckland Rugby League like they did. Uh, in the past and have an equitable seat at the table in the national competition given that you've got more than half uh, half the game sitting in your back door what would that mean
1: yeah. look that that would mean a lot and i think that that's a goal that we uh, um you know that we will go after um i do think that there is certainly the um, openness for that conversation to be had and i'm really keen to pursue that
0: Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Bex, on the Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. Uh, it. Loved having that conversation with you. Great to see that you put your feet under the table and you get getting on with it. And wish you all the best with the pathways and all the stuff, wonderful things that you're doing with Auckland and especially the clubs. And uh, yeah, go out and go out and smash it. Have a good day.
3: <laughs> Thanks, TK.
0: Talk soon. Only
3: for good reason. Colin is time for talking is over as we wait for a decision to be made on the future of Christchurch's new stadium. By next week, we should know whether our patience will be rewarded with action or further uncertainty. Please, please, please. Crusader CEO Colin Mansbridge shares my belief that despite the ballooning costs, it's time to start the build and move on. Colin, good morning. Morning, Izzy, how are you, mate? Very good, very, very, very good, Colin. Um, yeah, so yesterday was the final day to, to share your thoughts on, online for the Te Kaha um, build, am I right?
5: That, that's right, yeah. Closed at midnight last night was the um, the, the public consultation process. So, yeah, all, all over and done. Now we just have to wait till the 14th, a bit of analysis of the results, and then 14th um, council your, meets to make the decision.
3: Watch your gut feel. Colin, what's your gut feel, mate? Are, are we going to get this done, mate? Time is. Man, this has been 12 well, I, years. <laughs> we should have had it yeah. already.
5: <laughs> I, I've been having a look at some of the public opinion polls, uh, stuff I've got one, and I, I've been mm. sort of doing our own work. And my sense is it's, it started off uh, at the start of the consultation about 70. 30 in favour and um, and I think it's probably stayed around somewhere between 60 and 70% in favour as the consultation feedback. So, so councillors will now have a decision to make as to whether that's enough for them uh, to make the call. There's some who have been really clear on what their positions are. There's a couple that uh, have been less clear. Um, I, I think that's enough of a mandate to keep going. I think there's a bit of frustration and and the, really, you know, if you, if you go back from here, then I could see another decade happening. So I think there's enough of a momentum to keep going, Izzy.
3: So basically, from what I'm hearing, this is a vote from the public, but the final vote isn't the final decision. The, the council has the final decision in the NMRI.
5: Th- that's right. So council uh. meets on the 14th of July. This is actually, this is what was, th- this process is called consultation that was required because of the cost blowout um, when the, the, the design and development company turned around and said, right, here, here's, here's an extra 50, $150 million, given what's happened with steel prices, et cetera. So the council then said, right, before we make the final decision, uh, on the 14th of July, we need to go and consult with the public to see what their opinion is, which they've now done. And then when they've got that information, it helps them make the final decision. If they agree on the 14th of July, essentially they sign a contract with the consortium that's being led by Bessex Watpack, and uh, by the end of July, and then it's all go from that point on that the build um, starts um, and they get past the design phase. So, so yeah, this was this was a requirement, a legal requirement or advice that the council had that suggested that they did need to get final feedback from the community.
0: Hey, Colin, so your feedback, uh, what you're saying is the contracts will be signed in July and, and building will start uh, soon after.
5: That's right, Kemper, yeah, so the, the, the process is that um, the, 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 they always were going to be signing a contract around this time. Uh, the first part of the process in the last two years has been what they call a pre-construction services agreement with council, so basically what does the site look like, doing all the site remediation works and then doing the design, which is costing sort of 50-odd million to get to that point, and then they've put in front of council a final design, which is fairly fixed cost. There's a couple of elements that are still variable, but substantially it's fixed cost contract. And so they put that in front of the council, and that's the six eighty million that we're talking about. Council now has to decide whether to sign that contract or not, which is essentially what they're doing on the fourteenth.
0: Wow, wow. Bureaucracy gone crazy by the sounds of it. <laughs> Just get the contract signed and get the get the build done. I've got a question about rugby league park, which was handed to you guys. Um, through the earthquake, so that so that the Crusaders could house themselves there. What happens to rugby league part? Does it go back to the rugby league Farno, the Canterbury Rugby League down there, or do they join in this in the uh, rebuild of the stadium, which becomes their, I guess, their home along with you guys? So there's two
5: things: is that they they currently base themselves at Wai, which is a council-owned facility uh, out in Horswell Way. They they currently base themselves there for training and some matches the um uh the, the, what, what's now called orange theory stadium will revert back to council um and they'll probably sell that off it'll be surplus to their requirements but rugby league will also that they've been part of some of the design workshops that we've all been in um so rugby league uh, rugby union uh, football hockey and any other sort of uh Rectangular field sports have all been involved in that design process, so we'll all be um, we'll all be venue hirers of the mm. new stadium uh, uh, or multi-use arena when it's built. But the um, but but they'll also continue, I think, to house themselves at at Wai. Uh,
3: and Colin, this is this isn't just about rugby, and you know, I think that's that's the biggest point we're going to make at, at the start of this. Is this is a multi-use facility? So what are this other franchises or or other industries that will really benefit? from having a new stadium in Crosschurch. There's actually... The, the the whole
5: thing about having a, a roof on it, as he was, that it was mm. a roof that was required to make it a multi-use arena. So, frankly, if we're building a footy stadium, you could build one with a drip line roof, and you could probably do it significantly cheaper, and yeah. and you, you'd get reasonable capacity in. And, yes, it wouldn't be uh, um, covered, and it wouldn't be as as good as four-baths or players to play on, but it would still meet the requirements of a footy stadium. But what at the very start, this whole project was designed, uh, you know, 10 years ago basically designed in mind with this concept of multi-use arena. And this is the first of its type probably in the world that's had this multi-use sort of perspective all the way through the design phase. Four bar you can do multi-use, but it was never designed as a multi-use arena like this one. Um, venues or tie are telling us that, that they would that, that they expect something like 200 odd events per annum uh, to be budgeted to attend the, the venue you know when it's fully operational. So rugby union would probably occupy 15 of those. So that'll give you some idea of all the others, which are things like concerts. They've talked about mm. esports. They've talked about um, it, it, uh, they do beer Varna in, in Wellington. So you know community events like that, which you could actually host at the whole venue and um and and use up more than just the field there'll be suites that they can use for corporate um there'll be the, the one i always think about is crusty demons filling the place um you, you know doing in the middle
3: of the thing. So I won't
0: be it doing that Colin, I won't be doing that mate, broke my foot, broke my foot riding one of those bloody <laughs> motorbikes, i Multi- away from that mate. Multi-purpose <laughs> eh hey, Colin, multi-purpose, got to pay for itself somehow and the sooner mm-hmm. they get on with building it we're going to stop paying the bureaucrats their salaries um, and put the money <laughs> to good use but hey Colin, I'd be uh, remiss of us not to ask, just what are you thinking post World Cup, alright, the All Blacks win it, are you resigned to losing Razor?
5: Uh, um, I think that there'll be a time. There's going to be a time, Kempy, and the time probably is World Cup. Um, be it either um, he's contracted 324 but with an out clause,
2: mm.
5: uh, we would like him. To, uh, you know, I'd like him to stay on for about another decade if we could convince him. <laughs> but uh, um, we might we might twist Jane's arm. Um, I think they like their new place out in Sumner, so We might twist Jane's arm to see if she could. uh well, get she's him the today, boss. But,
3: so you're 90 percent there. Uh,
5: <laughs> I think so, but uh, frankly, I think um, I think it would be remiss of him from a career perspective not to look after himself. So if, if it's not the AB's job, I think he's got to go and, and do something else. And, and we, we're resigned to that, but um, we, we don't give up hope and we just keep trying to twist Jane's arm.
3: Oh, I hope not. I hope we don't lose him to, to our country and lose him offshore. Can't picture him over there sitting at the helm at Twickenham Stadium. Oh, that would be a horrible sight. There, uh, Colin, mate. Hey, uh, quickly, before we let you go, if this gets turned down, if this gets turned down and we lose this opportunity, will we be able to come back and and get the conversations going? This budget will continue to blow out if we don't just start this thing, surely.
5: I I think if I listen to some of the other people that are making commentary about it, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're starting to say, well, we need a rugby stadium, we need a sports stadium. Do we need all of this and do we need all of that? I think we're going to end up with a venue of some description. Um, it's probably going to take an extra couple of years, so you know, frankly, it's probably two decades before we're playing footy in a permanent home. Um, wow. But I, I think everybody knows that we cannot um, we, we cannot leave Christchurch unhold. Otago is such an amazing place now, and you get into that central city, and it's pretty neat. The problem is, it's just not got something to bring those other things. Papai's doing a good mm. job. There's a a few conferences started to arrive in town, but it we need that multi use arena in there we 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 need something so uh if we delay um frankly, I think we're gonna be talking two decades rather than one and a half two and decades. um but th- there will be something it just It'll um be 54 <laughs> 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 we
0: we'll be we'll be watching Razor we' we'll be watching Raor break dance with a Zimmer frame. Oh.
5: <laughs> oh not much worse than what he is currently doing at the moment
0: then. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, he's he's mate, he's a champion bloke, and we've we've had him on the show this year. He was look a, he like you, he was very transparent and honest, and we love that here on the mm. Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. Colin, thanks for joining us. I just got one quick one for you. We have the biggest supporter of the Crusaders that we have to sit with every single morning and Louis Herman Watt. I want to put a uh, proposal together for Hui to be an honorary life member and free membership <laughs> to the Crusaders for the rest of his life. Can you can you work that out? Uh,
5: I, and we've got a seat for him as well, I think. I won't tell you where it is, but we've got a seat for him. So,
3: yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> he is a diehard fan. There's two I'll of ta-
0: them on this show. Hey, Colin. the Crusaders. Colin, I'll tell you what, I walk into his house, and the first person I see, look at me, Richie McCaw. The second, Dan Carter alright <laughs> <laughs> he's crusaders through and through
5: they must, must be in a in there
0: somewhere <laughs> he is yeah. mate he's here every single morning on our, our show hey Colin thanks for joining us this morning that was great mate we, look, we want the stadium built we're supporting it uh, as much as we can on the show and uh, we look forward to talking to you again thanks for coming on the Izzy and Kippy for breakfast cheers
3: James
0: bang there cheers. you go hey as I thought he said they're signing the contracts they're getting ready for the build what's your thoughts
3: yeah, mate, honestly, I think, oh, look, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, mate, but man, they just need to get it done, and he's, mate, he's detailed, he's honest, doesn't beat around the bush, just an absolute top bloke, I love Colin, mate, he's coming, like you got to understand, when Hamish React, the, fo- uh, the former Crusader CEO, passed the baton on, mate, Hamish was just cruising, he had a cruisy time, Colin mm. comes in, straight massacre down in Christchurch, had to change the full name. Uh, you know, just an event after event. Like he just had his back against the wall every single week. I was just like, man, you've left your your, your bank job. You've just come into a full.
0: Oh, look, I full like him. job. Mm. Yeah, I like him. I think he's. I think he's a good bloke. You know, he's. You know, he's just so so transparent. Like you ask him a question, and he just answers mm. it, mate. That's so refreshing. Yeah. Two decades, skimpy. Two decades
3: Unbelievable. for the to be built, I'm thinking maybe twenty twenty eight will potentially be mate, that's two uh, that's
0: two players' lifetimes. That's that's <laughs> like having Izzy Dag and your son playing, mate, before your mm. your your grandson plays probably, is the next bloke who's gonna play on a stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Look obviously it's that's scary. Uh, look,
3: <laughs> 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 oh mate. That is scary. Oh well, that don't say that, Kim. That is real scary. You've got me having shivers now. I'm shaking in <laughs> my boots You anyway. <laughs> Oh, what have we got
0: coming up? We've had a good day, Kepi. It be. It's oh, fun, mate. Superb. <laughs> okay. superb. And Louis, even though he's sick, he's listening to the show. He's given us a pass mark. So that's the main thing from our, our boy, Louis Herman Watt. Um, yeah. Had to throw that in there, though, didn't I? Eh? Had to yeah. get him the life membership. I can't wait to see the seat they've got for him. Yeah. There you go.
3: He's a Jim, My dad's message. sorry.
0: Yes, Israel. You sort of answered
3: why so much yelling was needed yourself. Love, dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll tell you a short story. I'll tell you a short story. My mum was like your dad. Yeah? So I flew, yeah. her, I flew her over to England, mate, we're playing at Leeds, and I basically just said to her, mate, look, I'm, I never met anyone. I said, look, can I, my mum come with you up to the box? I said, mate, you're going to have to just tell her to be quiet. So I finished the game. I could hear her, mate. I was playing. I could hear her through. You know what? This way through an English crowd, unbelievable. I get into the I get into the tent where this marquee after after match. My mum's owned it, mate. She's got the she's got the table, the leaner, the beers. They got the whole crowd going, singing songs, and they they looked at. I walked into the middle of it and gave her a kiss, and the, and they were the sponsors. They went, "Is this your mother?" <laughs> I went, mean, "Yeah, you obviously met her, you boys." And it yeah. was just, mate. You, that's that the supporters, the worst ones, mate. Your parents. Ah, uh, beautiful. You're right on the money, Kempe. You are right on the money. My mum,
3: oh, she was so loud. And every time I had a horrible game, i will come in and she'd go, well done, son, good game. I'm like, hey, mum, did you even watch my dad? He'd be like, no, nah, no, nah. he was hopeless, dear. He was hopeless. Move on. Move on to the next week." Anyway, that was Colin Mansbridge. Well done, Kimpy. Great questions. We've got a few texts coming through on the uh, text machine. We'll get to those shortly. Wow, it is firing up. It's now time for this.
0: Ah, uh, yes, and I, as I always remembered, my dad used to say, Hey boy, don't you cry, all right? Don't you cry. But Kez has come up with a few favourites, mate. They're, they're going crazy on the uh, on the socials, the boys out there. <laughs> they Obviously, the more we get, the more followers we have, whether they're good or bad. But I just want to read some of Kez's favourites, OK, this week. Here's one. Kemp backtracks and changes his word faster than Reese Walsh will leave the Warriors. Ooh, that one hasn't aged well, has it? Oh. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Why is Kemp's words even heard? Dude has no idea at all. Can't even coach. It has plenty to say. <laughs> That's an old one. Hey, come on. Brownie's taken that mantle. Leave me alone. I think my brother sent this one in. I'd go to Matt Lodger's house for a barbecue before I took any advice from Kemp. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Joe. Uh, This is a beauty, this one. Is this guy on the glass Barbie or what? I'm not so sure about this comment from a former coach with a terrible win ratio. One better than, just going to say, one better than Brownie. (laughs) And this one here. Sends, is Tony Kemp really the best you got? Lay off the poo pork bones, Kempy. They're going to your head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to be eating oh. poo pork bones for a lot longer. And this last one's me best. What a surprise. Luke Skywalker from Star Wars being negative. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow, Kempy.
0: Oh, oh, Kessa. Kessa That's... comes in, mate, with some of the great ones. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah, mate. Oh. They're, they're all out there, as you know. Lucky,
3: lucky you got thick skin, though. Lucky mate. you got thin skin. You know what? You get the, you get the brain. You know, you get it moving. You get it working. You get it thinking, and that's what it does. Hey, boys, can I just say, when I was looking for those this morning, I was going through the posts, and you know there was like ten, fifteen, maybe eight comments on certain posts, and then I get to the this little graphic card of Kimpy saying that the Kiwis would win state of origin. Yeah. Three hundred and fifty comments,
0: <laughs> and at least
3: two hundred of them are just people slandering
0: Gibby. So, Gibby, uh, I'm gonna give it to you, mate. You got thick skin. Some of those jeepers, I I would be your boy crying. Yeah, <laughs> now, nah, mate, look, people are people entitled to opinion. They're yeah. like they're like what you carry around between your buttocks. So everyone's <laughs> got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: get okay, no, coming, mate. That is, I love that. I love that And you are right, Uncle. You got thick skin, and it's something that you've taught me since being on this show as well, mate. Don't be afraid to say what you say. Hey, hello. Who's that? Is that Daddy?
0: Yeah, that was, yeah that that that's daddy. mine, Arlo. That's mine. I can't wait to get there. I'm gonna put it up in my house at home. <laughs> put it in the window so everyone can see that. Jeez, they'll probably start firing thing bullets at the, at the place. <laughs> oh, we hope not.
3: We hope not, Kimpi. There's a lot of that going around. It's bloody crazy around the country at the moment. Uh stay safe. Stay safe. We've got a f- message on the temper bed post text machine double eight double three. Boys, they were drilling on the site two days ago. So they're up drilling. Tim's right, mate. They've put so much money and effort into the stadium. It'd be stupid to backdoor U-turn right now.
0: Oh, mate, you gotta, you gotta get the stadium in place. Seriously, mm. you have to. Beautiful, beautiful. Well done, Kempi.
3: Kempi reads mean comments. They will be back next week.